So here's a question. In a world that keeps moving faster and faster, how do women leaders like us, women who want to make an impact in the world through our career or business and not sacrifice our home life, how do we create balance and fulfillment in our lives, both at work and at home, without facing burnout or constantly feeling like we're chasing an impossible dream? That's the question, and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the Selfless Syndrome Show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm on a mission to help women leaders break through burnout so that they can build the life and body they are worthy of and step into the awesome power of who they really are. I'm the Selfless Syndrome Mentor, a board-certified women's health and leadership coach and alternative medicine practitioner. I'm a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, and I'm the founder of a rapidly growing women-centered coaching business. Stick around because on this show, you'll learn how to create the life, body, and career you've always dreamed of without having to sacrifice who you really are. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm really excited to be joined today by Michelle Seidling, who is a holistic health coach, instructional psychologist, and professional speaker and trainer. She empowers C-suite executives and military uh, transitions to transform their mindset and develop healthy habits for life success. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. It is such a pleasure to be here. So excited to talk to your listeners about really what matters and really committing to whatever passions they come up with for their life. Yeah, I love it. And I love that word commitment. And we're going to dive into, we were talking a little before the show, so we're going to dive heavy into this, the commitment and habits and what it takes to really build them, I know. But um, before we start, just kind of, I did a really short version of the, you know, intro for you. So I love to just know what has your life journey, you know, what in your life journey has led to what you're doing today, kind of how you arrived here? Well, if I can sum it up in one word, it would be passion, (laughs) following your passions. I have loved, I have a a nutrition background. I started off in that with my studies and I needed more. I felt like, okay, is this it? No, I need, I need some more. I need, I need to be uh, invigorated. I need to give more. So I joined the army. (laughs) I have through my army service with a lot of training and development, a lot of presentation. I just felt really valued, really fulfilled that I'm giving something, that I'm developing my talents. That was a big thing for me. And then following my army service, I just said, okay, what is, so what's next? I'm always hungry for more, passionate for more. So getting my PhD, for example, in instructional psychology just kind of helped me to develop that passion additionally with more more training, more the psychology end of it for how people learn, understanding how people learn and what really drives people toward commitment, toward habit, things of that nature. And then, of course, it was time for more, so more passion. What do I want to do? What do I, how do I want to really, really hone in and harness these skills a little bit? And it was kind of funny. One day, while my husband and I were cooking dinner, he just held up a plate of food and he said, this is your passion. You need to share this. And of course, he wasn't meaning that particular meal 
although you're welcome to come to dinner at our house anytime. But he was referring to our my passion for food and wellness, my passion for developing habits and really becoming your future self. So that's why I dove into the, the health coaching realm of it to be able to give even more. And to this day, I feel fulfilled. I feel like I'm really helping people to get that that light bulb turned on, so to speak, as they learn to develop their own passions and their own talents and really feel fulfilled. I really enjoy it. And and it's rewarding on both sides, being able to see people change for the better, to see their goals fulfilled and be able to know that that I'm doing my best and then I'm magnifying my talents to, to really nourish those. Awesome. Ooh, we have so many things to dive into now. <laughs> and I love starting with the story because it always opens up like, this is what we're talking about. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on because I think it's really important. You know, I, I talk a lot about on this show and I've been on my own journey of really just being conscientious of building a life around what my passions really are and like tapping into what is my zone of genius. And I've had my own journey of being a chiropractor. Well, first I got a degree in comparative literature because, you know, I love, love literature, went to chiropractic school, not related at all, you know, have evolved through that career and and now and more in the coaching world as well, um, both in health and kind of the business world too. But I think every woman has their own journey. And so many of us are afraid to really just jump into that thing. That's actually what drives us. So I'd love to talk about that and also what you've learned about what really, you know, drives commitment and habits and change in people and mm. what, what you see the deep. I know this is going deep, but. Oh, yes. Um, we're, we're here to go deep. So that's yes. okay. <laughs> Let's do it. So starting either of those places, just jump in wherever you, maybe it'd be easier to start about like what really drives us to. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, commitment itself is just being dedicated to something. If you really think Mm -hmm. about it, how dedicated are you to fill in the blank? How dedicated are you to your family? How dedicated are you to your career? How dedicated are you to a hobby? How dedicated are you to your own health and wellness and taking care of you? That's another big one. Many times people say, oh, yeah, I want to eat healthier. I want to exercise or I want really wish I were more creative or more motivated to do X. But it really boils down to your level of commitment. How dedicated are you to that thing and how much you can envision your future self doing that thing? Many times we we say, hey, I want to do this or that, but we really, the, the path from point A to point B isn't really that clear. So yeah. really just kind of boiling down to understanding yourself and understanding your own talents and being willing to develop those and understanding the, the commitment and what it really takes. Now, commitment itself requires you've got to give your all to that. That doesn't mean you spend 100% of your time doing whatever it is. That means that your focus and you envisioning yourself 
I love the the book that just came out from Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He's an organizational psychologist called Be Your Future Self Now. And he spends a lot of time in the book really helping you envision your future self, whatever that means to you, whether it's, okay, I'm going, my future self is going to have a six-figure business, or my future self is going to run a marathon, or any any goal that that you choose. But you've got to envision yourself doing it. And then you step back and say, okay, well, what is it going to take to get where I am right now to being at that goal and at that future self? And many times we kind of, we're a little fearful, especially, you know, as, as, um, if you're a career woman or regardless of your level of commitment, it's just kind of, okay, I'm taking a step into the unknown, so to speak. And what is it, what is it really going to take? But it really takes giving your all. And also it takes sacrifice being willing to, I love the, um, the quote, there's a quote from uh, entrepreneur Joe Polish. So he talks about if you, if you have to be forced to do something toward your goal, then you're, you're don't really know what you want. It's not very clear what you want. So really taking a step back and understanding, okay, what is it that I want? How dedicated am I to it? Am I willing to really make that happen and envision that? I love the story of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, who they... um, he was able, even from a young age, he knew that basketball was his thing. He spent a lot of time, you know, watching other basketball players, attending basketball games, really honing in and learning the game for himself. He spent hours, you know, at the basketball courts. Why? Because he knew that that was, was his talent, that that was his calling and his dedication, and how he can use his talents. So he spent that that time and that sacrifice to really, to really hone your skills. And if you're anything, if, if whatever goal you happen to want, do give it your all and do, don't do just a half-hearted effort in it. Anything worth doing is worth doing well and worth you magnifying your talents. So it really takes just kind of being a little analytical, if you will, in really understanding what it is first. What am I committed to? What is what is worth doing? Many times people um, underestimate the what it's going to take to get from point A to point B toward that goal. And that's a big thing, too, is just really getting fine-grained about it, really spending a lot of time thinking about it. Again, anything worth doing is worth doing well. It's worth spending that time on. So understanding your level of commitment, what do I want, how committed I am to make it happen, and then really spending time asking yourself why. Why do I want that? Why is that really important? 
because that's going to be a driver for you. When the going gets tough and you don't feel like doing whatever it is toward toward your goal, you're that's going to be the impetus and really the the catalyst per se in driving you forward. Why do you want that? Why do you want to develop a certain skill? Well, I really want to get that promotion so that I can be able to have more income for my family or so that I can have more job flexibility, for example. Well, I want to uh, develop my my evening routine. I want to have a better evening routine, be able to kind of wind down at night because I want to be able to get more sleep and better sleep in order to really be on my A game the next day. That's another example. But just really honing in on what you want and why you want it. That's that's huge. Next is really writing down things. Writing down, okay, here's what I want. Here are the steps. What does commitment really look like for me? What's the, the roadmap per se from point A to point B? Where are you going with it? So really taking time to say, okay, what is it going to take? And just like Kobe Bryant with basketball, study whatever it is. If you want to eat healthier, for example, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What are some different ways you can prepare food, for example? If you're going up to for a, per, a certain promotion or you want a certain job title, okay, what does that mean? What does being a CEO mean? What is being VP of public relations <laughs> or in any of those types of examples? What does that mean? What do I have to do? What skills do I need? And what motivation do I need? Because it takes motivation not only to get there, but also to, once you achieve that, to be able to, to really bring it forward. A lot of times people say, okay, great, I just got this promotion. And then they suddenly kind of, the, the, the balloon deflates a little bit. And you're just like, oh my goodness, uh, I can't believe, but now I've got to do this and that and the other thing. I've yeah. got to attend all these meetings. And it really wasn't ex- all of what I expected. So you, you kind of question yourself. So really being confident and having that, that self-confidence and that motivation for change is huge in understanding yourself and in understanding what it's going to take the, to get there. Yeah. And then said, I was just going to say, you, you brought up so many really important points and I, I just wanted to like dial a couple of them in for, for listeners, you know, the, the commitment and then really being clear on what it's going to take to get where you want to be. You know, I've experienced this with like running a marathon, for example, I did that in my twenties and, you know, I was just committed to making that happen. Like I didn't miss runs. I, if it was raining, I was still running if it, you know, whatever that was. And you have to, you know, find that within you, but then have it attached to a why, like we really have to be clear on why we're doing something. You know, this is something I've been asking myself in the business world of like, why does it matter if I hit seven figures? (laughs) Cause I, I had a business that, that, was that big and it's like why why is that a thing where you know you really want to be clear on that why do you want the promotion like really getting clear on if that's something that you want and need um 
in your in your life. Um, so anyways, continue. I just wanted to kind of bring out those were really key points and, and something I often, I usually start with the why with my clients as well. Because if you don't have that, like you need that thing to pull you through, especially when we're talking about making changes. Sure, so. absolutely. And going forward with that, just really, I, I love how your drive, for example, you were uh, being a runner and getting getting ready for your marathon and all, but you were no matter what, whether, no matter the weather <laughs> or anything else, you have that vision. And that's a really good e- example of, of being driven, being, understanding your why. Like you understood your purpose and, and that direction for sure. And then, you know, really boiling down to just planning your strategy. Okay, what is it when the rubber meets the road, what do I need to do? For example, well, let's take the marathon example. Well, you don't start out, if you're not a runner, you don't just suddenly do a marathon. You had to do, you know, okay, do do a 1K. Just do, you know, and and gradually increase that. Learn from the experts. Learn from those who have, have done marathons or who are regular runners. What do they do? What kind of footwear do they use? How do they do their stretching? What do they eat? What do, how often do they train? All of those things. And then really set your routine in place. Okay. Hey, I'm going to get up every morning at five and I'm going to run for an hour or, you know, I'm going to change my, you know, my uh, pre and post workout nutrition, for example, things of that nature but really boil it down to to that fine grain. Okay, what does it mean for for me? What do I need to change? I love um, Tony Robbins has his three decisions that he talks about all the time. It's what are you going to focus on? What does it mean? And then what are you going to do because of it? And it's, I think it's really applicable for our conversation here today because you're deciding, okay, I'm going to be a marathoner. I'm going to run my first marathon. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, hey, I need to get some new footwear because these are really worn out. Or I need to learn how to stretch better because I don't want to pull a hamstring or anything like that. Okay. So those, those, getting really fine-grained in terms of what routines. And then what am I going to do? Okay, because of that, what am I going to do? Well, maybe I have to wake up a little bit earlier. Maybe I need to invest some money in in proper footwear and gear and proper nutrition. Maybe I need to really refine my schedule a little bit more so that I'm not just, you know, sitting around binging on Netflix or something. No, I'm, I'm being motivated to run and I'm being, being more focused on that. Oh, really, really getting fine grained and planning your strategy. And then going forward, just, you know, doing a daily assessment. Okay. How did I do? Okay. Did, did I do what I say, what I was going to do? And making sure you write it down. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Put a sticky note on your fridge if you have to. But just really knowing your, here's what I am committed to do. 
Here's what I pledge to do so that I can make it happen, so that I can be able to run my first marathon in, you know, on this date and be able to, and then really do a daily assessment of, hey, how did I do today? Did I really focus on my goals? Maybe I was really on my A game today. It was great. I felt good, had good footwear, everything. Or maybe I decided to sleep in instead of uh, go out and run. Well, that's not going to put me toward my goal any faster. Or maybe it's a little bit in the middle, somewhere in between those things. Really assess yourself and be able to make those small adjustments really, really makes a big, big difference. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up a key that I, I find a lot of women, it's not just a millennial thing anymore. It used to be a millennial thing. <laughs> not, to, not to date myself, but it's like, you know, we have the goal and we have where we want to get to. And in my world and a lot of the women that listen to the show, it's like losing weight. You know, a lot of them have been struck or lots have been struggling a long time to, to lose weight sure. and, you know, maybe feel like we're doing all the things or whatnot, but it's like, they don't, and this is the me too. We, we want the results now, right? We don't want to take the time to take it one day at a time. And so a lot of, you know, what, what you're talking about, and I, I think it's really important to just bring, because I talk about this too. It's like, we have to step into being that person mm, yeah, because that is who makes the choices and does the things that we need to make. But then we also have to be, well, I shouldn't say, but, and we also have to be willing to do the baby steps. You know, so many women that I work with, like we just start with breathing deeply. <laughs> <It's not> like, <laughs> we have to learn how to manage our stress and, you know, be more conscientious and mindful before you can even set some of these bigger goals that maybe we're talking about here. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, bring awareness to that for listeners too. It's, these are all the things that are important and, and you got to pick somewhere to start where it's not overwhelming and not, you know, Others, we take the New Year's resolution approach of like, I'm going to go work out seven days a week and eat salad, you know, every (laughs) single day and and you peter out in a week or two because it's just unsustainable. So, you know, you're talking a lot more about the vision, the why, and then taking the baby steps. So Sure. And and those things, the vision and the why definitely applies for being more mindful. Maybe I just want to be able to spend time meditating for a little while. Yeah. And it still applies because, hey, I what is my future self? My future self is somebody who takes mindfulness breaks several times a day. Or maybe I incorporate meditation into my day or yoga or some other other type of relaxation. Maybe I make time and, and sit and, and read a book for a while or just something to um, maybe I take time to write my journal. For example, have a gratitude journal or some other type of of thing where you write your thoughts. But even those smaller things, a lot of times we talk about big goals like, hey, I want that promotion. I want the marathon, all of that. But goals can be any size, any shape, any any type of thing that that you select. They are customizable to you. And if what something that you want to focus on is being more mindful. Maybe I just take time to breathe. You know, I stop what I'm doing and several times a day, I just kind of sit and close my eyes, breathe and be able to reflect a little bit more. That still applies and you can still go forward and just kind of write down those things and why you want it and then say, okay, what is it going to take? Okay, I've got a, I want to meditate and breathe five times a day, for example. Maybe you can set it on, set it on a smartwatch. 
set it on your uh, electronic device of some kind. Maybe you just take time out and it's simply just uh, taking a moment, turning on some music for a few minutes. Maybe you're very, you can be as detailed or not as you want. But really making it work for you and making it customizable, that increases your level of commitment and your level of motivation too. Because if it's just something that a health coach or some other, a friend, a family member says, hey, you should do this, or you just casually say, hey, I want to do this, but you're not committed to it, then it's just not going to happen regardless of the goal or the size of the goal. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that brings up a, a bigger point that I stress with I, in the world of women in particular, and I know you work with both genders, but I find that um, we can be really influenced by society and what other people think and worrying about what other people think and setting our goals and maybe not either taking on things that really we aren't into or don't serve us. I built a whole seven-figure business this way. <laughs> Speaking from experience, preaching to the choir, my, my listeners have heard that story a few times, but um, what, what recommendations or advice do you have for kind of stepping back from what the world says you should do and tuning into what you really actually want and what you, <laughs> what you need and what your true goals are? Do you have any input on that? Sure. I I mean, it, it boils down to the to the why and what, you know, anybody can say, a celebrity can say, hey, you need to eat this food or you need to do this routine or, you know, hey, I do this, you know, here's my, here's what your, your star routine is or, you know, anything from, you know, from commercials to celebrities to maybe you're, you have a close friend or or a family member that really says, hey, that's really a diehard on something. Hey, you got to do this. You got to meditate 10 times a day. Or, you know, hey, you got to, if you're not VP in the next three years, oh, your you're career's just, just going down the drain. No. You know, just something like that. But just kind of really regardless of, of the source, really taking it with a grain of salt, thinking, okay, does this even apply to me? Do I even care about whatever that is? You know, what things are important to me? And that's where, where the dividing line is, where you've got a whole host of different sources of information, but you're the one who needs to filter it. And understand, and that kind of boil comes back to understanding yourself and understanding your future self as well in, in terms of, okay, how important are these things that a friend says or a celebrity says I need to do? Well, may or may not be important. What do I really want? What's important to me at this juncture of my career or of my life? You know, maybe I'm in the midst of a career change. Maybe I'm retiring yeah. for a job and I'm going to go do something else. Okay, deciding what I want to do. Maybe I've had changes in my family dynamics that I need to adjust. I need to work from home more often, for example, or something of that nature. Maybe I want to serve in my community a little bit more. What does that mean in terms of how I can use my talents elsewhere? So yeah. it's really boils down to asking what is applicable to my situation 
and then using Mm -hmm. that as a filter to either tune out or to listen to the many, many voices that we get every single day from a variety of sources. Yeah. Another thought I had just in, um, because you brought up Tony Robbins, (laughs) a way to go deep on this. Yeah, there's an exercise um, that I don't know if you're familiar with Dean Gracioso too. They tend to Mm -hmm. do some stuff together, but um, one of them, I think both of them do this exercise. It's called seven layers deep. And so you ask yourself why seven times and you just write down like the first thing that comes Mm -hmm. to your head. And generally by after the third or fourth one, you actually start getting into what's in your heart and, Mm. you know, your heart will either tell you, because we, we can analyze stuff all day long and we can think something's a great idea. But, you know, for listeners, just when it it's when your head and your heart match that you're actually going to succeed. So you got to dig. Absolutely. And that's and there. then you'll have that deeper commitment and that deeper motivation yeah. to do what, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So just ask yourself why seven times. Don't think about it. Just write down first thing that comes to mind. Nice. And that'll tell Love you. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd simplify that a little bit. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, kind of in, I wanted to dive into this with you because you actually have it as, you know, something you talk about. And that's the idea. I, I told you, I talk about selfless syndrome, where as women, we tend to focus on everyone and everything else except ourselves. And we have a really hard time making time for ourselves. And one of the things I get when I talk about that is well, everyone's like, well, isn't being selfless, you know, a good thing? Because being selfish is, is the opposite of that. And, you know, self, self-care. So I want to ask, like, is self-care selfish? And how I, I like to get other people's input on this because I have my opinions, but <laughs> um, sure. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, Sure. Well, the short answer is no. <laughs> it's not <I> selfish. <laughs> the longer answer is it really boils down to to your you and your sense of giving you know as as women and at regardless of of your status if you're uh, an executive out in out in the the workforce if you're home with your family regardless of your own situation if you're not taking care of yourself then you will not be either healthy enough or you will not be around to care for your family members to be a star performer at work and really help in, at work or to be active in the community or involved in different causes you are what make up that that sense of service and that if you think about your love for whatever it is and you're passionate about passionate about your family and helping to give them what they what they know need and what they want. If you're passionate about whatever it is, okay, I've I'm in the equation. You know, in the word selfless does not include the word me, M-E, but it's there, let me tell you. <laughs> and you need to take care of yourself from a physical perspective as well as emotionally, socially, intellectually. And if you don't, you're not going to have that capacity to care for others. Yep. For example, we, um, my elderly parents moved in with us a few years ago, and that was a whole, whole different change of family dynamic. But if I don't take time out to get the sleep I need, to be able to get the food I need, I'm not going to have the capacity to 
be able to care for them how they need to, to bring them to doctor's appointments, to get the, the things that they need. And too often we are, we're givers and that's fantastic. That's a awesome, awesome thing to be and be able to serve people and give. But at the same time, we're part of the equation. And too often we forget that. We forget, okay, oh, I don't need to sleep. I can stay up and take care of a sick family member, or I'm going to stay up all night and work on this report for work. You know, okay, I'm super tired the next day, and uh, I just had 10 cups of coffee and it still wasn't enough. But it, you've got to really step back and say, okay, whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm giving, how can I prepare for it? Basically preparing yeah. you to have that capacity. And that involves saying no to a lot of things. It involves, mm-hmm. okay, I've got a hard stop at, at, you know, I don't know, 7 p.m. Just pick a time. Okay, I've got to start winding down for the evening at this time. I've got to be able to get the sleep that I need. I've got to be able to, to make time to go do go out and run, go do my yoga, whatever it is. But having that capacity, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, a whole host of things helps you to do more and to be more. As much as you want to give, you can have that capacity, but you need to plan for it. And again, that falls back to, to commitment and to motivation. How committed are you? to your your future self or the self that involves being able to care for family members or being able to dedicate more time to uh, when you get a promotion, for example. But you need to take care of you because if you're not around, the others are going to have a hard time because you're not there to care for them. You're not there to serve them. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, the other thing I was thinking, like taking this another layer deeper is so many of us, we give, 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 and we don't know how to receive (laughs) at all. And so the other piece of this is, you know, being willing to setting yourself up to win at, at being able to, you know, care for elderly parents. That's something that's commonly a lot of my listeners are dealing with now. I, I think either they've taken them on or, you know, in their home or, or whatnot. And it can be a huge source of just change and stress and, you know, change. But the same thing when we're, you know, new moms or anything like we, we think that, oh, I don't really matter. You know, I went through this. I didn't sleep the first like three weeks my son was born alive because we were in NICU. So it was like every three hours I was committed to being there to feed him myself because I was like, I'm mom, I have to do this. Like this is my role. And I, I crashed hardcore. Like <laughs> it, it didn't work. <laughs> and so we, you know, and a lot of women go through that, whether you're in that stage of life or not, like we're just, we don't. And I, I think some of it's driven by, we don't value ourselves. We don't think we're worthy. And we have a really hard time delegating or accepting help. And so it's, you know, those might be the areas where you start to have to have some conversations with yourself and really being open to committing to changing <laughs> um, yes. and opening the door. So I just thought I'd throw that yes. in there. And, and, and accepting, you know, you mentioned about receiving, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're, <clears throat> if your your spouse maybe helps you with, uh, 
you know, helps do the dishes so you don't have to, so that you can wind down for the evening or, you know, something else. Um, okay, hey, let's take, you get the night off. You don't bother making dinner. We're going to go out to dinner, going to, you know, or something of that nature. But being willing to accept those things. Yes. Many times we say, you know, hey, I took, don't worry about it. I took care of it. Then we get really analytical. Well, well what'd you do? You know, did you do it right? <laughs> you know, we get that type yeah. A mentality, like, hey, you know, if you're going to do it fine, but you're going to do it my way. Usually. But being, <laughs> yeah. But, but being, being willing to receive help and receive service and, mm-hmm. you know, someone, you know, drops off a, a plate of food and says, Hey, you know, I kind of, I, I thought maybe you'd, you were having a rough day today. So I just thought I'd bring in dinner or, you know, Hey, I, my, uh, my daughter is looking for a new, uh, you know, some service project, you know, Hey, can she help you around the house? Something of that yeah. nature, but being willing to receive it because yeah. you're the giver. Somebody's got to be the receiver. If you're giving, your your colleagues at work, for example, are receiving or your family members, but it goes both ways. So you need to learn to uh, to be on the receiving end sometimes. And that kind of yeah. helps to bring bring a sense of gratitude and a sense of joy, really, and a sense of personal empowerment that, hey, wow, I matter and mm-hmm. and people care about me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's a source of, you know, so many women I talk to are just like, I'm exhausted. I have no energy. Like, you know, the, the energy and the motivation are kind of like this, what came first, the chicken or the egg thing. <laughs> and I would make the argument that a lot of that is because we give and give and give and don't allow ourselves to receive and refill our cup. And some of that is, is energy. Like you have to, that there has to be a balance of exchange in how much you're putting out and how much is coming back in. And a lot of us are missing that and it all comes down to this. Absolutely. Definitely. And just, you know, that kind of just goes back to the routines. If you're exhausted, okay, chances are you're not sleeping well or or very much. Yeah. yeah. And then just, you know, just taking a step back and say, okay, what is it going to take and prioritize what you think you have to do? That means mm-hmm. looking at your mile long to-do list and say, okay, or what things can I just delete? What things do I yeah. just not need to do? What things can I delegate? What things, yeah. okay, if I'm going to do them, are they on the calendar? Or am I going to allocate time? And being able to, to, to do those things and to, to put you in the equation. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to share, so many men get mad at me when I say this, but I, uh, so my husband and I are both in our second marriage and I've not done laundry since we got married four years ago. And, you know, I even think about like, I work from home now and I work, you know, not full days generally. He's got a a corporate job. He's a president of a huge nonprofit organization, but he does all the laundry and I've just accepted that. And maybe he does it differently than I would do it. You know, he always hangs the things that I never hang and like folds things. I always hang kind of thing, but I just. I accept it because I don't have to do the laundry and it's amazing. So, you know, for women, like maybe, and granted, I think both of us being single for a while helped train, like he knows that he hates doing dishes and lo- actually enjoys the laundry. And I know that I enjoy dishes and hate doing laundry. So like that, that worked, but it is possible to, you know, find those outlets where it doesn't always have to be you. 
Um, so I just thought I'd share that as an example for anyone. Else. Absolutely. Yes. Regardless yeah. of how, how, who or how many family members you have in the home mm-hmm. and being able, being able to utilize and have a desire to serve each other and yeah. being able to, you know, do the dishes or the laundry or, you know, something else, taking the load off of somebody else. That, yeah. That's really a key thing to, to being, to being a giver. If you're going to be a yeah. giver, you got to kind of work with people. And that's where communication and commitment happen. Absolutely. Well, I think this has given people a lot to think about <laughs> in their journey towards health and finding balance and whatever all that looks like. Um, where can people connect with you if they want more, Michelle? Absolutely. Well, you can find me on foodexperienceunplugged.com. And Mm -hmm. on there, too, I've got a free five-day email course to really get clarity on your health goals, whether that is food, exercise, whether it's building creativity, building your talents, any type of of goal or thing that that you're struggling with, whether um, regardless of your circumstances. I invite you to just take a look and and go through the the email course to really get clarity, to understand yourself and and to really envision that future self. And I will put links to that in the show notes. And you know, I, I would just add the caveat: like, don't ignore this part. This is the most seeing your future self and who you really want to become is the key. The other key is to start being that person now. But you know, all mm. of this helps helps absolutely that journey. And if I so. could put a plug in for for yeah. my podcast as well as talking about health and wellness is called Food Experience Unplugged. And people can tune in. There's a link right there on the, the website. And uh mm-hmm. you can understand just different aspects of health for your consideration as you kind of go forward in your journey. So that that's another avenue that people can utilize. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing some of your knowledge and direction and diving into all this with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Alex. I sure appreciate being on your podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do for your listeners and to really, really hone in on, on helping them to be their very best. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Selfless Syndrome Show. I truly couldn't make the show if it weren't for you, my amazing, lovely, and loyal listener. I so appreciate the emails, the shoutouts, the shares, and the reviews, all of which inspire me and motivate me to keep coming back to the mic week after week in order to provide high-quality content that helps you find that elusive thing called balance and really build the life, career, and body you are worthy of. I have one little request. If you have benefited from this show in any way, I would so appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and review the show. You can leave a five-star review, leave an honest review. This really helps us get in front of more amazing listeners just like you and keep growing our mission to help women leaders around the world build the life, career, and body they are worthy of. Mm